Hey guys, it's me, Ben, and I'm here with my buddy, Daniel. And before we get into our regularly scheduled episode, uh, we wanted to put out a call to our listeners very quickly uh, about a friend of the podcast, J.S. Earls, who wrote the music for our podcast, The Light Fantastic, and it's on an album called Soundtracks. It's on Bandcamp.com. J.S. Earls' brother-in-law is in need of a kidney transplant, and one of the ways that they are trying to raise money for that is that J.S. Earl's music is actually going uh, up for sale on the Bandcamp website. But when you go to that website, go to transplant.bandcamp.com, you can choose how much you want to pay for the album. You can choose $5, which is the set amount, or you can choose more, you can choose less. But all the money that that J.S. Earl's would normally get just for himself from the sale of these albums actually goes to a fund that they've created for the kidney transplant. And they can use all the help that they can get uh, so that they can uh, just just get this life-saving operation done. Uh, we would really appreciate any help you could give. I know J.S. Earls and his brother-in-law and his whole family would appreciate any help you can give. You're already the most awesome podcast audience pretty much in the world. And we don't ask for much. And when we do, we want to make sure there's something we can give back in return, And which is why we did the, you know, the Howard the Duck thing. Well, this is uh, – it's music. And I think it's pretty good music. I bought this album a long time ago. And, and I bought it last week. And it is great reading background music. And there's nothing like picking up a comic, having an agent of S.H.I.E.L.D. walk into the frame, and then all of a sudden, Welcome to Level 7 theme song comes on. Yeah. So if you guys could help out, it'd be great. Um, it would just any little bit really does help. So thank you once again. And now we return you to our regularly scheduled podcast. Episode 86 of Welcome to Level 7. We're talking about one of us. Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Season 2, Episode 13. Welcome to Level 7, a podcast about Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and the Marvel Cinematic Universe. It's a magical place. Hello and welcome to the podcast. I am Ben Avery. And I have been joined by my friend, Confused Daniel Butcher. Uh, okay. And this is Welcome to Level 7, the podcast about Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and the Marvel Cinematic Universe and Agent Carter and Daredevil and the Avengers movies. And everything and Defenders. Defenders. So that would include – that would include uh, also Jessica known Jones. as Jessica Jones – and Iron Fist and Luke Cage. Man, we just have, I, I've said it before, I'll say it again, an embarrassment of riches here. But but I'm totally confused. Why are you totally confused, Daniel? This isn't Friday. It is not Friday. It is Tuesday. Because, because last week when we met, you gave me a really, really hard time about my schedule. Mm-hmm. And then over the last 24 hours, you told me that we weren't going to record. I never Maybe said we record. weren't going to record. Well, at one point today, you said not going to make it. Nope. I said not looking good. Yeah. And then I we, we discussed back and forth the potential schedule. And then all of a sudden, you're like, so here I am at practice. I was like slowly working my way out of practice, chit-chatting, making some plans, looking at some new apparel. That is fantastic. 
And then uh, all of a sudden I'm uh, getting some ice cream and I get a message saying you're watching the show. And I was like, dude, I'm watching Friday. So, so confused. Right. Again, I was given such a hard time last time. I don't time. really remember actually making plans to not record. I said I was going to try. And I, I don't think this is what we should be doing in front of the guests. I'm just saying, you gave me such a hard time. And here I am. I don't, I don't think All I'm ready to go. It was never me. Never me. I got my two bottles of uh, beer here from IBC. Root beer. Yeah, I, I, I uh, looking through. I see a lot of you making fun of me. Oh yeah, because you're a diva. A lot of making fun of me, calling me a diva. <clears throat> well, I've yeah. I have had that asking concern. if I was drunk while while podcasting. Mm-hmm. See, yeah. here's the thing. Here's the thing. Uh, apparently, this whole incident just confirmed the claim that was made against you that you're a podcast diva that you do not remember from episode 138 of strangers and aliens in fact according to our conversations today you don't remember much about episode 138 about stra- uh, strangers and aliens I, I have to say something in my defense here daniel a lot of times you don't remember anything your facebook messaging can kind of feel random you mean just like an episode on monsters that start uh, that starts talking about Sandy Duncan putting her in your back pocket? Yeah, yeah, I'm the random one. Uh, well, that's a different subject. Uh, I didn't, it, I'm not seeing where I said we were off. No, I said not looking good. Sorry. And then you started throwing out times and days, and then I said, I'm in. what I miss? Oh. Yeah. You were in for Friday. No, no. And then I started describing what I was watching and... Yeah, spoilers. <laughs> yeah, I just want to point out, I, I it's just, not I my just, fault. And I remember what I podcast. Well, unlike you. Clearly, I don't remember the Sandy Duncan stuff. Totally a diva. I, I don't remember the diva stuff. I do, in the green room, request only brown M&M's. And, and tan M&M's if I can get them. But they cost a little extra because they stop putting them in the regular bags. And I do only want bottled water, but it has to be wa- bottled water from a tap put into a bottle and then set for me with the fruit basket. Every time we podcast, this has to happen. And Well, thank goodness you do that for yourself because I'm not going to take care of you that way. Me, again, I, I have two bottles of IBC root beer to get down because apparently my Mrs. Butcher couldn't finish one. So you yeah, better get those going because I got a lot of root beer to drink. Those IBCs, once you open them, really – got to drink them. Yeah, it doesn't really seal the same way. No. Yeah, they go they go flat so, uh, very we, easily. Yeah, so we got some work to do. So maybe we should go to the intelligence report. Should we talk about some news? Maybe the news of the week. Sure. Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. All the news that's fit to print. Shield intelligence oh. report. Mission report. So, Daniel, <laughs> best news ever. <laughs> that was great. I yeah. think we killed that segment, babe. Oh, man. That's probably the best part of this episode is our new segment. <laughs> I'm, 
<laughs> I'm hurting myself. <laughs> Patting myself on the back right now oh. for how well we nailed that new segment. Oh, yeah. <sighs> well, really, I mean, anything I could think of that would go in the news segment was would have spoiled things for our show and for listeners who don't want to look ahead and look at the previews and all that kind of thing. Um, yeah, so this is where we're at. We are ready to talk about the episode. One of us. One of us. One of us. Isn't that a thing? Hmm. Don't you? You want to hear something funny? I, I, I do. I'm desperately wanting to hear something funny. Not tense. <laughs> really? Not tense no. at all? No. Interested, amused, fascinated, but not tense. I find myself interested, amused, fascinated, disappointed, um, and perplexed. And yeah. and uh, really, really curious. How's that sound? Well, let's break it down, Ben. Hey, should we start with the opening? Let's start with the opening. So tell me what you know about the opening bid. Well, I know that there was a lady who had things on her hands that were cut off of her hands and revealed other things that were on her hands. Oh, Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. She had uh, things on her hands that were cut off to reveal these, these blades that were... But what was she watching on TV and where was she residing, Ben? Well, she was standing in a room and people came to her door. I missed the first three minutes. And so that's why I sent you the message asking you what I miss, which got no response because I didn't realize you weren't home. I was buying ice cream. Yeah. I was disappointed by this, Daniel. I was well, disappointed. I would have been a hot mess without my ice cream. It so was there. a disappointment. It was mm-hmm. a disappointment. Now I'm disappointed with your disappointment. I think that's the tone of the episode today, Daniel. Disappointment. No, not really. Well, but anyway, yes, Ben. A, a lady is eating alone, having some trouble watching Carla, a little black and white that. TV. Carla, when she gets a knock at the door, and it's Cal and two friends. See, I saw that. I just didn't well, see the TV. So maybe then I was only you didn't one even late. miss three minutes. Maybe I was only one minute late. Yeah, but um. Yeah, so she's there. They come to the door. They cut these binds, these metal bindings off of her hands and reveal that she has attached razor blades. Not razor blades. They're the knives almost. Well, they're the kind like the scalpel. That's what I'm looking for. Yeah, scalpel. Scalpel. She's attached scalpel blades to her fingers where her fingernails would be. And so there is metal. From what I was observing, I might be a little bit wrong, but it seemed like there was metal that was in her flesh going into her flesh where her fingernails would go into her flesh. That's what it looked like to me too. And we'll find out later the word permanent is used. And I'm just thinking maybe you you need to grind those down. (laughs) Well, yeah. So they're, they're there. She put them there. Do you want to talk about her origin real quick before we, Move on. Well, we'll, we'll, we'll find I mean, out from the index later is that she worked at, a, I believe, a medical facility with mm-hmm. an abusive boyfriend. Yes. So she enhanced herself so she could take care of him. 
Sadly, not the only one she killed. Taking care of him, meaning she's killed him. And and then it wasn't just self-defense. Uh, no, that situation was where she's killing the abuser, abuser, but then she went on to kill, we assume. kill more people. And, and we even... We even see it later. We see it and, pretty and quick. Here, yeah. And here in this initial scene, you almost get, you know, straight out, you know, she she refuses Cal. She shuts the door. She thinks about it. And you almost get the thought, at least I did, that she's like, what else am I going to do? Mm-hmm. And at this point, I'm really kind of feeling sorry for her because it, it really is a handicap that she's suffering from. Um well, when she's the, got the metal shackles yeah. on, and then when you see her hands, you know it, it is keeping her from doing certain things. But when, when we see her later, and she slits a throat, you're like, "Yeah, I don't feel so sorry for you anymore, Carla." Yeah, yeah. I mean, she's she's a murderer. She's a murdering murderer who murders, and it's she's in the right company or the wrong company, depending on how you look at it. But yeah, she's with Cal. And the others. So the two others that we're introduced to at this point, one of them is Wendell Levi. Wendell Levi, who seems to just be kind of a, I don't know, techie kind of guy? Yeah, he's kind of a tech head. Cal made the comment that he had a chip inside of him that wouldn't allow him near to, to operate tech. Um, basically, it's uh, you remember in season one, the bracelet? I do remember that. It's kind of like an internal bracelet. Punishment, yeah. Yeah, maybe this was version one. But he couldn't use tech. And then Francis, good old Francis, who's been on drugs to keep him from getting so angry. Francis, who is a he was an assassin, right? He was a mob enforcer. Mob enforcer. He decided to use some steroids to make himself even better at enforcing. But he's also not bright. Yeah. Because God doesn't give with both hands. At least when you use steroids, he doesn't. This is more than just steroids, though. Well, he was kind of stupid to begin with, and now he's still stupid, but he used steroids. I don't think it it made him any stupider, to be honest. He's big. He's strong. He's the muscle of the group. The brains of the group? That's Cal. We know Cal. Cal. You know. Dr. Dad. Mr. Jekyll. This is interesting. Francis is played by an actor named Gio Corva. Okay. Why why do I care? I don't know. He was also a stunt performer in Iron Man, Ant-Man, and the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. episode 084. That has a reason so to not care. a stranger to the MCU. And this way they didn't have to hire a stuntman to do his fight scene. Very true. So that's a nice little bonus there. So, yeah, so th- this is the beginning. I mean, we- we've already – I mean, we're seeing Cal go and accumulate his team. He's already brought two people in with him. He goes after her. We cut away from them and we we get to Simmons and Bobby and they're having a nice little conversation about Sky, and they're talking about how there was something inside Sky and something inside Reyna that was it was triggered it was something that was waiting to be activated and then we get some relationship stuff you know and 
Um, this is almost, not quite, almost the mission statement for this episode. When it Simmons, almost became an episode of Arrow. <laughs> when Simmons says to Bobby, he lied to me, and Bobby replies, we're spies. That's what we do. Now, there's a couple interesting things going on for me with the relationship between Fitz and Simmons. And one of those things is Simmons mentions that they shared science and that he betrayed her by giving false scientific information to her. And the whole idea that we're spies, that's part of what we do, is lie. But then you have data, which is what Simmons deals with and what Fitz deals with. And that is not lying. You know, the, the data doesn't lie. It is what it is. You have to interpret the data. But Fitz used false data to give a lie to Simmons. The one biggest connection they have was that science connection. And he used it against her. I thought that was really it's interesting. It's really the only connection they have right at the moment. She goes so far as to call science sacred. Mm-hmm. As if it's, you know, when you and you hear a word like that, you almost begin to think that she is looking at science as a, a religion, something that was, you know, sacrosanct, something, something that you should not violate the tenets of, and he's done that. Yeah. Well, in her interacting with her, he he violated, you know, all the scientific method for her. She's trying to interpret the data, and he, she has wrong data. Uh, but then, yeah, you say sacred. And, you know, science data is a pure it, – it's, it's pure. You know, you, you, you look at the data, you accumulate the data, and, and this is, again, something that he forged. And, and so she feels betrayed. She feels betrayed. He betrayed her and he betrayed science. So this is not the first time we're going to have some interesting uh, – to me anyway, interesting – uh, insights into the Fitzsimmons relationship because we have a there's a handful of relationships that we get mirrored against each other and one is Fitzsimmons one is kind of to me kind of the Bobby uh, and Hunter thing but then more so is another relationship that we'll talk about very soon but speaking of Hunter and Bobby okay I <laughs> nope never mind so Mac and Bobby have a short, tense conversation. I mean, we get Mac's statement that I've got no exit strategy. And all we, all I can say is, well, yeah, that's one of those just duh moments. You know, you this is what happens when you punch, when you choke out a guy on a plane. <laughs> you just don't do that. Yeah. You got to improvise, former best friend. Oh, yeah. There is some problematic... Uh, things to his plan because it really wasn't a plan, but it's okay. He's got no strategy, but a strategy, but they're going to they're going to take care of him. And oh man, so that's that's the beginning of that little subplot. Meanwhile, May has to go and find someone who can put Sky on the index and and approve her. To be worthy of, of working as an agent of Shield, so who does no, Sky go no, to? No, 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 who does no, May go no, to? No, no, no. What? No, he. They're not trying to get her approved to be an agent of Shield. Oh, they're not. No, they're now. 
the outcome could allow her to remain an agent of S.H.I.E.L.D., but they make it clear that they need, if you're going to go on the index, you have to have a full psych review and you have to have a threat analysis. So this isn't necessarily primarily about keeping her job. Now, there's a heightened level of scrutiny because of the fact that she's an agent, a heightened level of let's follow policy and procedure, my sort of world, because of the fact that we don't want to give the perception that we've been too slack on this case. But the reason that she's getting the psych review isn't because she's an agent. The reason she's getting a psych review is to determine, to be blunt, what big of a threat Quake is. True. Okay. So they're going to Andrew. And who is Andrew? Andrew is May's ex. Played by Blair Underwood. And she tries to convince him it's a different shield. Shield needs his help. He rightfully asks her, you know, you didn't or you didn't call me back. I tried to find out what where you were uh when everything went bad with Shield and she's <laughs> Her explanation is, it was a busy time. I don't think it was. I don't think she has quite the excuse that, say, you know, Thor had, you know, of well, I was I was saving whole worlds. Dude, she was reconstructing an entire organization. Yeah, but that's not quite the same level as dude restructuring. Cut my girl some slack. May's your girl now. She's not gonna betray my boy. I don't know. Anyway, Andrew agrees to do it because he really more to help Sky than anything else. And he says that his duty is going to be to Sky and not to Shield. But let's point out a, a clear difference from Andrew's mind, and well, at least in May's mind between old Shield and new Shield, is she when he gives the rules that includes he's there for Sky, the patient, not for Shield, the organization, and that he's going to be fully upfront with her, give her a copy of his report. Versus just having it be something that is secret with her file on the index. May's reaction is, okay. And I think that you said that there's a big difference for for Melinda May right now. As to old shield, new shield. New shield is run by Coulson. And he, I mean, that's one of the bargaining chips that she uses is to say, Coulson's in charge now. And he definitely reacts to that. So we go from there to uh, Cal and his little team of friends, you know, the, and they've they've got their own Winnebago type bus thing going on. And well, and we did get a tweet tonight that we have to probably think through, and maybe we'll work through this this point during the episode. But Agent Doug points out to us that uh, so what do you think, Paddy Wagon, Crazy Train? Their RV needs a name. Crazy Train's a good name. I think, you know, I don't want to spend too much time trying to think of a name. Mostly because I don't know how much more we're going to actually see their little, you know, RV. Truth. Truth. So if we go with uh, Crazy Train, which I kind of like the the sound of it, the Crazy Train. I'm all right with Crazy Train. Well, I'm going to have to do something I don't normally do then. This is for Agent Doug right here. The new prize winner of the day... Basically, it's akin to what they used to do in the old Marvel comics where, you know, they'd have people name the letters page for them. Dude, when you did that, that was so unexpected. I almost choked on the root beer. I'm sorry. But at least it was nice and iridescent 
crisp root beer and not flat. It's IBC. Beer. It's smooth. They didn't even sponsor the show. Yeah. But it's not flat. So oh, that's, that's a good well, thing. But it would be tomorrow. That's, that's why thing. I have to drink it. So we go to commercial. Uh, after Cal and his team, they cut out the electronics. Francis opens the bars. And we find out that it's what, Burnmore Asylum? I think it's yeah, something like that. Burnmore Asylum. I mean, and it's a home for criminally insane type people. And we're going to find out later there's a level that S.H.I.E.L.D. runs. I found it interesting. There's only two people on the level that S.H.I.E.L.D. runs. But we'll, we'll get to that. Well, I think that says a lot. Because, A, this is a facility that S.H.I.E.L.D. kept. Well, is it a facility that S.H.I.E.L.D. kept through the breakup? Or is this a facility that Coulson established with his new S.H.I.E.L.D.? And if there's only two patients there, who's the staff? Well, that's a good question. And another good question is like what you just said there about is this something new or old? I, I think it's something they've maintained and that wasn't touched by HYDRA because maybe HYDRA just didn't care about those two people that are on that level. Or it's possible they had Hydra agents who were there, and when everything went down, those Hydra agents just left because they're like, you know, no one cares about this. Well, and let's throw in another new normal. He's out there talking to the local police. That's true. What badge did he flash? Did he flash a shield badge? I don't know if that's new normal, but it's we haven't seen it in the new normal. We haven't seen them interact with local authorities in the new the only authority we've really seen him interact with recently is the stash and allowing to exchange prisoners. Now, he's not hunting him, but the stash is taking. But again, in the public, to the general law enforcement, the normal guy on the street who's not a super secret agent, what is his view of S.H.I.E.L.D.? Well, we don't find out in this episode. Well, Calvin definitely wants to help shape it. <laughs> that is true. So we get back to... Uh, and Andrew coming in and saying to Colson, don't know if I should congratulate you or give you your condolences. Um, Colson gets a phone call from, I think it's Agent Boyles. And you hear him as he's walking away um, that, oh, Agent Boyles is never good to hear from you. And so then we get a situation report that he's giving to Bobby. And something bad's happened at this asylum. And and then he confronts her about Hunter saying I offered her him a permanent position and Bobby's response permanent isn't really Hunter's thing. And so they got a good cover story here. You know, he's afraid of commitment. Colson, I mean, you asked him for a commitment and he's going to run away cuz that's what Hunter does when it comes to commitment. And what does everybody think when she gives this story? It's pretty acceptable. typical Lance Hunter. <laughs> <laughs> no That's surprise there goes for the money and then runs away yeah, yeah. <laughs> typical lance hunter so andrew goes in to meet with sky she talks to her he talks to simmons a little bit who's trying to simmons is trying to do his job for him and i like the way he shuts it down by basically saying i should meet her before writing a prescription and we get typical sky here uh, as he's trying to talk with her and and you know interview her, uh, we got earlier on from Sky that she doesn't want to do this. You know why? She's gone through this kind of thing way too often, and enough is enough. She doesn't want to mess with this anymore because she went through all these interviews and and um, evaluations, 
as an orphan, moving from place to place and from facility to facility. So she is deflecting by using humor. But let's note, there is a reason why this psychiatrist can meet with her, because May gave her something. That's right. Uh, the fact that he is May's ex is his in is basically she wants to know more about May and what better way to find out about May and to find out about May's mysterious past. Someone who experienced it with her. And we get it for two reasons. He's suddenly become the most interesting man in the world because a May doesn't talk a lot about her personal life and he knows stuff about her personal life. Mm -hmm. And B it is firmly established here in season two May's the mentor figure now. So why wouldn't Sky want to know more about her? Yeah. And they talk about her their relationship later on about this idea of a man who listens for a living being with a woman who doesn't say a thing. So was there pillow talk or pillow or stern pillow. looks? <laughs> yeah. <sighs> so he questions Good times. <laughs> He questions her, asks her about why did you shoot yourself? And she's, well, I didn't because I, I, I did, but it, I knew it was an icer. And he's still, that's pretty aggressive. And uh, she's afraid of losing control and she's afraid of losing her place as an agent. Those are the two things she's kind of afraid of right now. So, meanwhile, Cal and his team have caused a lot of damage and let a lot of chaos, uh, chaos out of the bag. Um, they're, they're letting people go from the asylum, but they're there after some people. Now there's two people that they could be after the two people who are down below. And that is John Bruno and David Angar. Who is it? Well, they get down there and they actually come across John Bruno. Now I'm going to make a confession. Mm-hmm. I kind of thought this might have been a security guard or an orderly originally. Oh, well, I could see that. And when he's yelling out, you know, you shouldn't be here, I thought maybe he was trying to protect them from the prisoners. Which, of course, Bobby puts him down because that's what Bobby does. Yeah. This guy was pretty intense. (laughs) He was pretty intense. And, you know, I mean, he wasn't a match for, for Bobby, but. And John Bruno used to be a military assassin. Who likes to find new ways to kill people? New and, yeah. It's like a game. You know me, I like to find new ways to teach kids how to get the ball, you know, ground balls. I like to find new ways, new techniques, new drills. But no, John Bruno likes to find new ways to kill people. Yeah. Also, not, a murdering not murderer who murders. So. Yeah, so then they're looking for David Angar, and instead of finding him in his cell, they find a some uh, painted words on the wall that say "Fight on." What does that you know, mean? That had to be really disappointing because when you're in your secret sub basement of your psychiatric hospital, mm-hmm. all you really want to find is that you know that radical social activist that's been augmented by moon dragon in her fight against thanos yeah yeah it'd be nice to find him instead finding a cryptic phrase that really means only one thing to you at the moment and then that is that psycho guy is pretty psycho yeah he's crazy but he's fun you know when he's not having a psychotic super-powered episode 
I think Cal is a fun guy to be around. But when he's smashing cups in his hand and, you know, trying to kill people, the fun just kind of gets stripped away from the situation. Hey, Thor breaks cups too. It's true. It's true. But not out of anger. And not because he's losing control as he's thinking about what S.H.I.E.L.D. is going to do to his daughter. And he's trying to convince his team of supervillains to, you know, do supervillainy. Now let's think about that real quick. I I had a few thoughts about that scene. Do you get the sense that they're thinking that he's describing like an infant? I didn't get any sense of what they were thinking in that way. Well, we know Francis isn't thinking. Yeah. But, But I mean... Honestly, I kind of felt like what he was describing was a defenseless minor. No, I I didn't get that feeling from it. I I got the feeling that they aren't sure about him and and that they're still willing to follow him, but they're starting to see some of the, you know, cracks in the veneer kind of thing. But, um, I mean, they're starting to catch on that he's kind of a crazy maniac. But... I think most of them feel like they're in good company. You know, they're also crazy maniacs. So, quick, uh, quick update. Yeah, one bottle done. Okay, good, good. So, Cal and his group group are going to uh, Manitowoc, Manitowoc, Wisconsin, and we don't know why, but we're going to find out soon. It's for the good living. The good, clean living that you find in the Midwest. It is. It is. So then we come back from our commercial, and we find out that May and and Andrew are still kind of getting along. They're still kind of getting along, and they're 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 having a good time talking about old times. You know, they're they're kind of laughing together a little bit, and they're sharing about their lives and and that kind of thing, and. Um, we get a nice, uh, another uh, kind of confession from May that she says, when I multitask, I make mistakes. You know, and so we see that she wants to stay on track with one, uh, with one track, and that track is obviously Shield right now for her. And um, she noticed that there was a picture on his desk, and yeah, so they they're still friendly. They're still friendly. But this is, again, kind of looking at this relationship here, this is kind of a mirror relationship to the Fitzsimmons relationship, I think. Because afterward, Fitz comes in and is talking to Simmons, and Fitz and Simmons connect over May connecting. They talk about how she laughed. And this is where we get that line about he listens for a living and she doesn't even speak. And you kind of get the impression that these two want to get along again. They want what they had before, and I, I don't know. I don't know if we're going to get that again from them, but you kind of get the impression they want that. Well, shall we talk about that for a bit? Yeah, because the thing is, let's, is we get something that let's we rest usually here, don't yeah. get, see with her. What's that? Laughter. With, yes, and that's something, they, that's something that Fitz and Simmons comment on is that they can't yeah, believe. It, but I mean, even as a viewer, it's so striking compared to when we've seen her general attitude, and even later in this episode in certain parts. So, do they want what they used to have? Well, here, here we we've met Mom, 
mom's really mad at May because she didn't like the fact she divorced him. And to be honest, when May's told who to go find, she says it's not an issue. So it's not necessarily something where there's a lot of resentment towards each other. Because, again, it's not like she's like, oh, I'm never going to go speak to him again. It's like, oh, that's not a problem. Now, yes, it could just be because she's emotionally close to about a gazillion things. But it's not like she's coming from a place of anger when she goes to see him. And it's not like when she's, he sees her, he, she re, he reacted with anger. No, they're, they're definitely yeah. still friendly. I don't yeah. think they want to go back to what they had. But they're willing to sit down and talk about what they had. So I think for me, the real big question is who is in the picture? Because I'd kind of like it to be Melinda. Oh, we find out later on that that's the reason that he can't go with S.H.I.E.L.D. anymore, though. It is. I don't think that it is Melinda because Melinda said to him, she's a little old for you, isn't she? No, she said – Having a picture of her of someone on your desk is a little old. I thought she was talking about the person in the picture being a little old. No, no, she's talking about the way he was behaving. I don't know if she ever saw the who was in the picture. I think she did. I, I so him putting the picture on his desk was a little old for him. Yeah. So he's acting Isn't it older than sure for you, a grown man, to be putting a picture of a girl on your desk. I've got a picture of a girl on my desk. I got about five. They're all like four years too old. What? What? Well, the pictures of my kids. I keep forgetting to update them, oh. so so it looks like I got like a toddler. Oh, okay. <laughs> no, that's what I've got too. But I, I'm just saying, like, that doesn't seem like it makes sense to to say the picture is a little old for I you. I want love. For Melinda May. Well, you'll get love for Melinda May later. Not now. Later. We... I'm rooting for love, Ben. And you know what? Guess what? It's right in front of you. Love. It's right there. Andrew and this older woman. (laughs) It's love. That's why he's going back. That's why he can't (sighs) stick with S.H.I.E.L.D. He doesn't want to help anymore. He can recommend someone, but he's out. He's out. And maybe he'll recommend, I don't know, say Doc Sampson. That'd be great, huh? We all know who's in the picture now because you're obsessed with an older woman. The picture is, in fact, Melinda's mom. No, I'm going to go with that. That would make sense. She's way too old to be on his desk. (laughs) Melinda, your mother is really disappointed that we were divorced. So disappointed, in fact, that I'm now dating her. I'm going to say it doesn't work. Perfect sense. I'm going to say not so perfect. But. All right. Continue on. Well, anyway, so Sky then is sleeping but starts shaking the plane. And it turns out she's had a dream. We'll find out about the dream later. Um, we get some of the, the background stories on the on Wendell Levi and Francis Noche, I think it was, and Carla Faye Gideon. And... We find out that Cal, we get a little bit of Cal's back story. I'm getting the impression, Daniel, that part of what Cal was doing is because he couldn't be an inhuman and couldn't expose himself to the Terragenesis mist or ter- 
Terra, what's it called? Terragen, right. uh, uh, Terragenesis. Terragenesis is the, Terragen mist. Terragen Terragen mist. Terragenesis. Terragenesis is the process. Is the Terragen process. is the mist, yeah. I get the impression that he would love to have been able to just expose himself to the mist, but because uh, one of the things he was living with were these superpowered people that he kind of looked at, okay, if I'm going to get revenge for what's happened to my wife, I'm going to need to have power. And so, you know, it's that better living through chemistry kind of thing. And he's tweaking his, uh, his formula still yeah. tweaking his formula. <laughs> To get it his right, his DNA can't be inhuman. He'll make himself as close to an inhuman as he can. That's what I'm. That's the feeling I'm getting. And so he then is basically he is Doctor Jekyll and Mister Hyde in, in some ways, um, kind of that Hulk type trope that we're, we're we've got already in the Marvel universe. But he he doesn't have control, and so he's he. Gives a little. I, I was surprised how much he revealed to the people at the table. Let's put it that way. But at the same time, it was nice for us to get his backstory and find out where he's coming from. So, uh, meanwhile, um, we cut to Colson and Bobby having a conversation. Essentially, this conversation is all about how much Bobby is lying to him, and. Yeah, I I find that Bobby is a lying liar who lies lies. That's really the only way to describe her at this point in time. Ben, I want to interject and defend her. Oh, sure. Go ahead. Defend the lies that she was speaking. No, I, I said I want to. Oh, yeah. So you find yourself caught now, don't you? Daniel, she's bad for you. Daniel, she's bad for you. Just go on. I wanted to stage an intervention, and then after this episode, I find I don't have to. I'm hoping in three episodes I'll be able to defend her again. I don't think it's going to happen. I think I think there's a chance. I think that, Daniel, if you want to, if you want to, Daniel, you could say she's doing what she feels is right. But we already got that mission statement from her at the beginning. What's her job as a spy? You lie, lies. lies. Ben, I I think Bobby's doing what she thinks is right, even though her mission statement as a spy is to tell lies. You know, that's that's where she's at. That's where she's at. And so as she's talking with Coulson, though, and they're talking about the whole idea of what is fight on and the idea of history gets brought up. History. And he puts two and two together and comes up with four because he's using information that's not lies. You use information that is lies. You put two and two together, you might end up with three or five. But this is him putting together the idea of fight on and thinking back, oh, no, that's where Cal went. And where did Cal go? Well, Wisconsin. And in Wisconsin, that's where Colson grew up, and Fight On was his 
he didn't go to the high school there, but his the high school where his father taught and played or, or coached, coach, rather, coached coach football. football. Their 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 slogan was "Fight On." Their their motto or or battle cry. What do you call it in sports? That thing that you say. Oh, battle cry slogan. We also hey, we also find out that Colson's dad died when he was nine. Yeah. So, do you think that could have been in 1952, 1962, September 5th? Remind me, where are we going with that? Well, on on that day, a uh, 20-pound piece of uh, Sputnik 4 crashed on North 8th Street. I I, I don't know. In Minnetonka, Wisconsin. Really? in 1962, a 20-pound piece of Sputnik crashed on Northeast 8th Street. Just oh, yeah. right there, North 8th Street. When he was nine. Do you, do you think? That would I mean, make him 60. He'd have to have been born in 51. Well, 53. 53. So that would make him 63? Yeah, he's he's, just, he's looking pretty good for a 63-year-old, if, if that's he, the case. It, well, you know, he's got that green juice in him. So hmm. Yeah, but he hasn't had it forever, has he? No, he hasn't. Uh, I think you're kind of grasping at straws there. Do you, do you think that maybe he was there on January 6, 2011, when President Obama came and visited the day after the state, his first State of the Union address, which was clearly about shield and security? I'm going to go with no, because President Obama wasn't president of the United States. Yeah, he was in 2011. No, someone else was. No. Well, when does Iron Man 3 take place? Oh, good point. Good point. You you win that one. Yeah. Yeah, I do. Good job, buddy. I win. Fight on. Fight on. <laughs> and meanwhile, oh. your battle cry, disappointment. I'm just... I'm just concerned that his dad worked, you know, taught history just like me and coached sports just like me and died at eight, you know, when his kid was, his son was nine. Uh, Hopefully not like me. Did, did he, was it history that he taught? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Which makes sense because he's obsessed with history. Yeah. Think about that. That's true. But I really would have thought that his dad worked down at the old Burger Boat Company, the largest custom yacht builder <laughs> in America. Oh, Daniel. Wikipedia. Is a mighty mighty fine friend to you, isn't it? I did think that Sputnik thing was pretty cool. That is a cool little bit of trivia. It is. I, I'm curious if if uh, Fight On actually is the team motto. I totally not going to look. You're I not. wonder who's connected to <laughs> Minnetonka, Wisconsin. There's got to be somebody in the production staff. Oh, probably. Probably. I used to write towns that I used to live in into my my writings. So. You know, what fascinated me, uh, again, this is us going down a rabbit trail, but I, when I went to college, there was a, a town called Story City that was about 10 miles north, and a few years ago, I actually found a volume of fables that was set in Story City. Hmm. Well, that and, would make sense. Well, exactly, because it's fables, but here's the twist. They're, they're all werewolves there, <laughs> but he used the you know he used the real geography in town you know pieces from town, so it was kind of cool. 
All right. So moving on. Uh, Colson call, calls May, tells May what's going on. May says, you need backup. Colson says, I need backup. So backup is coming. That's why they call her the Calvary. Now, the reason this is important and a super important detail is because Sky still avoiding talking to Andrew. Um, and she's, he says that she's avoiding the truth because what's the truth? You have abilities that are triggered by pain. And she starts opening up. And she opens up and says, I dreamed I was on a mission. And she's looking through the scope. And then she was on the other end of the scope. It was mm. looking at her. And he says, wow, that was, that was pretty spot on. But as she's talking about this, the plane starts shaking again. <laughs> and she's, it's not me. It's not me. Well, it's because Shy, because May has taken the bus and lifted off and is heading out to help Coulson. Can we talk about an elephant in the room? Sure. They put her in the cage. Well, she put herself in the cage. Right. Is really being on the bus really that safe <laughs> because she keeps shaking that thing apart and <laughs> it's got fragile avionics well the idea i thought the idea of her putting herself in there was that that was a room intended to hold super powered but, people but then it's not working very well no i mean the garage on the on the bus is shaking apart the whole bus is shaking like crazy the time they're running on I almost would feel a little bit better if she's back in Ward's Bay. Yeah, I I don't know, man. I, <laughs> um, but they take off, and then while they take off in the bus, Cal and his crew are taking off a mask, the Hannibal mask that is being worn by someone who they don't want him to be able to move his jaw. And this is pretty bad stuff. This is, again, that, that Angar uh, character who does have this kind of a power in the comics uh, where it's the, kind of a voice-based sound power. But he goes in the middle of the football field, in the middle of football practice, opens his mouth and screams. And his scream drops not just the people on the football field, not just the people in the stands, but the birds in the air drop to the ground on the field because this man has a pretty terrible power. So here we are, Daniel. We got catatonic kids, catatonic birds. I think the birds might be dead. Yeah, the impact. Let's yeah. be honest. It's I mean, the voice may not. Well, maybe their bodies were not just. I mean, yeah, they have small bodies. Maybe they weren't able to take it. But his power is to make you go catatonic. Yeah, and so they fall to the ground. I think those birds are dead. To the birds, it's like Alfred Hitchcock in reverse. Yeah. See, the humans are killing the birds, not the birds. All right, go on, go on. Come back from commercial, Daniel. And guess what? I find out that Mac and me have a lot in common. There's actually two food things that I have in common with people in this episode. 
would you care to hear what they are? Food thing no, number one. No, but you're going to tell me anyway. Yeah, yeah. Food thing number one, Colson and I are both connoisseurs of grilled cheese sandwiches. And I'm very curious what the grilled cheese sandwich uh, extra ingredient was. Don't ask. He's not going to tell. But I do want to know. I'm a, I'm a lover of the grilled cheese. I am a hater of the uh, pineapple pizza. And so I turned against Lance Hunter almost immediately at this moment, Daniel. I am with you on Lance Hunter. He is bad for Bobby. Uh, he is Welcome bad to for Shield. Lance Hunter Land. I am. We'll be sending you your membership card, and <laughs> later on you'll do the pledge. I am with Mac on this. Heat and fruit is not my thing. Just not my thing. And never will be. Sure, it's delicious, man, but. You know, it is not delicious. Why? Why? I would, I would very, very, very vehemently disagree with you about the deliciousness of ham and pineapple pizza. I just don't. Oh, I'm glad we're on the same page completely. Yeah. Yummy. All right, go on. Well, that was the two food things, Um, and you know, we get a little bit of, of background for Mac and Hunter about Dubai and the first time that they ever really met and worked together. And, um, and you get, uh, this is another relationship that's kind of having, uh, falling apart at the seams. And, and I have to say, Daniel, that, um, pretty much any friendship I have would suffer slightly. If when I asked a simple, innocent question, I was put into a chokehold and put into submission until I was unconscious. Ben, I'm willing to try that someday. I'm willing to test that. I, I rather we didn't, but I, I've I just, been practicing. <laughs> I, I just have this feeling that, that our relationship wouldn't last much I just, much I past need, the whole waking up see. from that situation. I need to know. Yeah, it's it, not a good, not a good thing, not a good way to you know really build trust in a friendship. So. Colston and Bobby arrive at the football field. It's night. And Cal basically just proves how crazy he is. This man is just... He's bonkers. He's bat guano crazy, as he says. To quote him, bat guano crazy. Yeah, yeah. So he's talking about, you know, here comes Colston for the Shield Eagles. and, And for the other team, the Slicing Talons and... Uh, he gives a little bit of he, – he's got a number of reasons to not like Coulson, and I think it's fair to say <laughs> – yeah, They're all rational, like the fact that he killed the guy that you've been trying to kill for two and a half decades. <laughs> I'm glad he put that one out on the radio. Yeah. He's going to get a lot of sympathy from the local Wisconsin crowd. Yeah. Uh, sympathy from the viewers is is, is not built in that in that direction, but there is the idea of the father versus father here though. And I, I do want to say, though, Daniel, did you think of uh, when, when he was talking about you, you killed the man that I have been plotting to kill for the last two and a half decades? And then he screamed, disappointment. Daniel, did, did your mind go back to anything? Well, here's the thing, Ben. I yeah. never really watched Hercules. But this is but what I you're thinking, isn't it? YouTube- disappointment! <laughs> That's what you think, isn't it? Yeah. Disappointed! 
Kevin Sorbo. Disappointed! Yeah. Yeah. That's where my mind went immediately. Now, to be fair, Kevin Sorbo was shouting disappointed, whereas Cal was shouting disappointment. But... And thanks for the spoilers, Ben, since you showed, told me about it 20 minutes before it happened on the screen. Did I tell you about it? Or did I just type in the word disappointment? I knew it was coming because the first thing I thought was Hercules. Yeah. Or did you think I was disappointed in the episode? Hmm? Mint. Hmm? Hmm? <laughs> Where's the clip of Cal? Come on. <laughs> Well, it's a little too early for that. But anyway, he talks about how um, he's taken these kids and he's doing what S.H.I.E.L.D. does. He's taken those kids' potential and contained it. He's, he's, they're all, now here's, here's my question, Daniel. I couldn't tell. Were they dead? Were, were they dead or were they still just unconscious? Yeah, they're just unconscious. They're catatonic. Okay. I wasn't sure if, if they had done something Come more on, to this them. is ABC. This is Disney. Is Bob Iger really going to stand for a stadium full of dead kids? Mm, maybe. Maybe. Not not High School Musical 7 five. days of the stockholder call. No. <laughs> High School no. Musical 5. Yeah. I'm just saying. No. <laughs> High School Musical 5. Shut your mouth. Rogue One, buddy. Rogue One. I'm saying this was High School Musical 5. Hey, we all get along on the field, and now the guy's <coughs> screaming at me. Uh, so. I did like the kid take the, – the, was that a football player on the field with his phone taking a picture? <laughs> yeah. Well, because the guy – I mean, the, the the effect that they had when they took the mask off. I mean, the makeup work in this episode was pretty good. Uh, the effect when they took off his mask, and he has just that dry skin kind of peely and – um. Yeah, you can just tell. I mean, he has had nothing, nothing between the mask and his skin in ages. And when they get that guy out in the light, when they talk about it and and they take the thing off and he gets ready to say something and and Cal's like, no, save it, save it. And then he goes out and then that, that snaky dislocated jaw thing, that was a pretty cool, pretty cool effect. So... What happens next is that May comes in with Sky, has a gun to Sky's head. It's a bluff. They're coming in, they're going to bluff Cal, and they're they're basically Cal wants Sky, so how do you negotiate with him? You threaten not to give Sky, not to say we'll never give you Sky, but to say we are going to kill Sky unless you stop. So he calls their bluff. He calls their bluff. He says, I know you could do it, but you're not going to do it. And he's curious what powers Sky has. <laughs> he was hoping it would be wings. Well, again, he, he's referred to her before as an angel, has he not? I don't know. I don't know. I think he has. Well, whatever with the with the angelness of her, um, I do think it's kind of a interesting, you know, idea that if you know your child is going to have a superpower you would it's like any 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 father or any mother watching a child grow and hoping you know or even when you're waiting for the child to come out from the womb you know i hope 
they have blue eyes or I, I hope um, they have hair, you know, or I, I hope they have all their toes and all their fingers. Cause that, I mean, that's something a parent does. As soon as a child's born, you check, do they have all their fingers? Do they have all their toes? You know, what color are their eyes? You know, you, just these details that you're waiting to see. And yeah, bada bing. I hope wings. So, and then we get our great big giant fight scene that did not make you feel tense at all. No, not really. I mean, if you break it down, we've got Bobby versus a shut-in with knives on her hand. Yeah. I, we all know how that's going to go on, go down. Yeah. You have and May versus got, Francis, who's basically a bull in a china shop. Yeah, so you know that she's going to somehow get leverage on him, so not not really worried about that. Coulson takes on two guys. Yeah, which was nice, but let's be honest, the two guys, I mean, David Anger has been kind of... Locked up. Yeah. Here's my and, thing. And Wendell's a wimp. I talked about how I was confused, and we'll talk about more of the confusion later. I talked about how I was interested. We'll talk about more more about being interested later. There's some of the relationship stuff that I thought was good in this episode. But I also talked about how I was disappointed in some of the, the episode. And, and here's where it happened. This is the This is the spot where I felt the most disappointment. Daniel. It, did you want dad versus dad, spy versus spy going on here, buddy? Uh, a little bit. First of all, David Angar doesn't use his power. You know, I'm thinking they're going to start this big fight scene. They haven't taken out the one guy who basically has a loaded gun in his mouth. And all this guy has to do is open his jaw and and everyone goes down. Yeah, his partners go down, but who cares? Because, you know, the fight is won. Everyone goes down. And it was a surprise to me that, that they just skipped over that little detail and just went straight to a punchy-punchy fight with, with David Angar, who he he has nothing against Coulson. Now, maybe he has to recharge his power, but they didn't give us any information before Yeah, this. we don't have the rules. Yeah. So we don't know. But it just seemed like a one of those moments where you just, well, what's the most logical thing to do in this situation? Dude with a power that could overpower everyone should use his power that could overpower everyone, right? Well, and actually, he should have been charged because, remember, Cal was going to have him talk on the microphone and go out over the radio station. That's true. Cal was intending to – or not intending, but Cal considered having him do that. So he was locked and loaded. So that that part was like a, a surprise. We didn't even get the like he starts to do his jaw, and then we get like a punch to the throat or something from Colson. You know, a nice little judo chop, a little Kirk chop to the back of the neck or something like that. Nothing. It's just it's just punch, 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 punch down. So that was that was one moment of disappointment. The other moment of disappointment was they basically captured everyone. Here I thought they were building up a nice super villain team to go out and do super villain stuff. But instead, just as, you know, things are about to go really bad, uh, Eye Guy, the guy with no eyes, he appears and takes Cal with him. And, yeah, I... that That was a surprise to me, too, where it wasn't a situation where... 
here's a team that's going to give our team a run for their money and then they're going to be back. You know, that's not at all what's happening here. They're captured. They're down. They're out. Come on, they should be. We're talking Colson and May here. We're talking Colson and May here, but I just was this was a surprise to me. I I expected, you know, maybe they would capture one. Maybe, but but this I expected them to get away. And they and they didn't. Um, but one thing that did come out of it, I, again, this was another surprise to me. I don't know about you, but I was expecting Sky's power to be the thing that would win the battle. And maybe it's just too early for that. She doesn't have quite the control she should have. Um, because we did get a nice revelation about what's happening, happening with her power that wouldn't have felt as true if she had used her power to stop the battle or win the battle. Instead, what happens is she starts to use her power and then she pulls it back and doesn't let it out. So that was, yeah. Anyway, um, the fight didn't go the way I expected it to go. I enjoyed it, but that's that's just that's my my feelings about this scene here. So obviously, you you weren't tense, also. No, and I mean, I'm pretty happy in this episode because I'm getting tons of Colson backstory. Because, by the way, finding out like three things about Colson is tons of Colson backstory. It's more backstory than we got on him in a long time. Yeah, I mean, even the Andrew Melinda stuff where where Colson's mentioned shows you that well, Colson knew Andrew. Andrew knew Colson. You know, so we probably got five or six pieces of biographical information about Colson before so, in this episode. So we have a nice little denouement here where we find out Sky has these bruises on her arm and what are they from? She's directing her powers inward. She's quaking her own self. She's not calming them. She's channeling them. Which, this could be important. She's learned to channel within herself. Now she just needs to learn to channel outside. Yeah, this is, I mean, it is important. This is a pretty big detail for her powers. Um, it's again, why if she had won the battle for them, we wouldn't have this element of the story have to come out in the way that it did. And quick in the comics uses this as a weapon because she can control it. So we all play. I, at this point in the show, I had to go, um, put a young man to bed. And my oldest wrote right in the middle of my next to last page in the notebook. This guy is pretty much Tara from Teen Titans. Thought everybody should know that. Well, that's uh, those kind of observations from our kids. It's nice when they're putting, making those connections from you know, hmm. one one geek land to another. So. Yep, pretty much. So, so everybody knows, and now tomorrow morning I can let that child know. I spread the word. <laughs> so now we have a scene with Simmons and, and Coulson where basically more secrets. Simmons find a way to take care of this. And she is saying on the index we need to have a couple different uh, categories. Enhanced would be man-made powers and other, I guess, is the, the classification that they're giving to well, someone. Were like, you waiting for her to say inhuman? No, 
no enhanced human. Um, I was expecting because uh, this is taking me back to like my Marvel role playing game where you're talking about the classifications of enhanced human and mutant and alien and and that. But yeah, and then other. <laughs> so, um, but Coulson doesn't want Simmons to bring anyone else in as she's trying to solve this problem. So is she lying to Fitz about the sacred science? Well, she will be lying to Fitz because she's going to be doing spy things for Coulson, the spy master. And what do spies do? We lie to each other. Um, And that's really the only spy thing she's going to be doing because she'll be doing medical uh, science stuff on the rest of her assignment. But, yeah, that's a big part of her assignment. Meanwhile, Andrew is recommending that Skye leave S.H.I.E.L.D. because S.H.I.E.L.D. hasn't changed. None of this has changed. And here's the impression I get, Daniel. He has changed. And he has moved on. And the thing that is making him choose to not come back to S.H.I.E.L.D. is the picture on his desk that Melinda May mentioned earlier of her mother. So until we know otherwise. Hey, her mom is a strong woman. And she expects compliance from her young men. I don't know about compliance, but, um, yeah. <laughs> she expects him not to go running off with, you know, her own daughter with secret spy organizations. So then we get what I ex- would have expected from a tag scene. Totally. We get information about Bobby and, and Mac and how the group that they're with as Lance Hunter is pulled out and, and marched into a hallway with armed men and a bag over his head and they pull the bag off his can head. I, can, can I say it? Can I say it? Can I say it? Go for it. Mac works for the real shield. And you know it's real because it's got like three stars and it's kind of squarish. Yeah, yeah. Much so different. it's real. Much different logo. Not a circle. Yeah, circle logos are so like 2014. Well, you know, you just got to pick what type of shield you want your logo to look like. And you can go with that round shield. But if you're going to go with the more, you know, the, the more angular shield, I, th- I think that's the kind of shield that you can actually touch you, you know together and make a wall. I think somebody really wanted their logo to look like a shield. I think so, too. Interesting. I was hoping they would reveal, as Mac is talking about, hey, we are part of a group, a splinter group, uh, you know, an offshoot kind of thing. And I'm thinking, oh, man, are they going to tell us what it is? Are they going to tell us what it is? And they tell us what it is, and it is nothing like I expected. I expected sword. I expected hydra. I expected sword. I'm saying, Daniel, this could have gone in all these other directions of something different, but then to say the real shield. It could, and as it could be Hydra. There is another. I don't think it is. I I, I hope it's not because it's, I love the insane. idea of having Hydra out there, but then you also have another splinter group of people who are picking up the pieces of shield and considering themselves shield. This is a fantastic, fantastic Under- idea. Under what authority do you have, Admiral, to be running your fake shield? Under what authority? So you're talking about Bobby's shield being the fake shield? Yeah. Yeah. Well, totally not. Because I saw Nick Fury give his toolbox to. You to, saw it. To Phil. You saw it. 
but Bob did Bobby Edward James it. almost see it? <gasps> Spoilers. Well, I don't know if he's in charge, but he's in the next episode. And we've and talked then about the it already. Over. So then we cut to commercial, and we come back for our, now we come back for our tag scene, and the tag scene is um, I don't know the guy's name. With is, no okay, eyes. is it Gordon? Gordon. I think it's Gordon. I think you're right. You're right. It is Gordon. The, because the thing about the battle, and we may have skipped over this, is Gordon pulls Cal out of the battle. Uh, I didn't skip over it. I mean, you might have oh. skipped over it when you muted your microphone so you could drink root beer and stop listening to me. Um, I got about a fifth of a bottle left. Okay. Totally well, going to wake up like three times in the middle of the night. I'm, in, <laughs> I'm getting up there, man. You are getting old. Once you reach 40... You start having to do that more. I shouldn't be drinking this close to bedtime. Okay, so anyway, you're making too much noise is what Gordon says. That's why we brought you here and not Sky. And it's a battle cry. I'm not making noise. It's a battle cry, you know, to protect us. Fight on! And he, I love Gordon's reply. You are oh, not this reply one is of fantastic. Us. The episode title, One of Us, is, I think, referring to Cal. Cal brings together a group of powered people, a group of not inhumans, but to act like a group of inhumans. And he says, you are not one of us. You are a science experiment. Oh, and it just cuts. Not yet. Your crazy soul just cuts into it when he says that. Because, again, Cal wants to be like them. And he completely discounts what Cal has made himself, made him into. Well, Cal Cal is an in-law. Cal is an in-law. And the wife is dead. And so it's that awkward situation of if you don't have a good relationship with your family or with your wife's family, are they going to want to be a part, want you to be a part of the family still after she's gone? Clearly... When the in-law is an insane murderer who's been plotting revenge for two and a half decades. Just two and a half decades. Just two and a half. Clearly, that's not someone you're going to invite to the next Thanksgiving dinner. Uh, I mean, it's just just not going to happen that way. Now, you know, my family, it's an interesting dynamic because my aunt on my mom's side has started coming to all of our family events on my dad's side. Uh... And it's 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 just a part of that larger family that my aunt on my mom's side, mo- most of her family either lives far away or has passed away. And so we invite her into, or I should say my dad's family has invited her into the family. My aunt is not a murdering murderer who murders people and has been plotting revenge for you know two and a half decades. So that's not happening. We are welcoming her. These guys are just like you are a nuisance you are a crazy jerk and we're bringing you in here because well cal says what happens to me and gordon says that's not for me to decide and as soon as gordon says that cal's whole demeanor changes he's terrified he is terrified and if he had two full ibc root beers before this they would be on the floor and a puddle at his feet right now. Not because he dropped them, but because he drank them and he peed himself out of fear in case anyone didn't catch the trick. Yeah, you speak the truth. And I think the big question 
we all want to know is who decides. And I'm guessing we don't find out next week. I'm guessing we don't find out next week. My mind went to one answer that I'm Black positive. Bolt? Yeah, I'm positive that's not the answer it is. Totally not because if he had been cast, we'd all know it. But Black Bolt was the first place my brain went to. He is the king. And the thing is, I think we thought Gordon earlier was a bit, little bit more of a player. And I think that it's become clear in this incident that Gordon is actually a soldier. He is. He's, yeah. he's a henchman. He's an assistant. He's not royal family. You send him out on the mission. And absolutely nothing wrong with that. But you, he's been sent out on a couple different missions. We've seen the first um, the, the first reveal of his powers and how it was difficult for him to accept. But he is now a you know integrated into the inhuman family, and he's been sent out to bring Cal in for one reason and one reason only, and that is to answer to whoever it is he's going to answer to because he's a crazy madman. Who so, is – who put a whole plot on AM radio. Yeah, that's just nuts. You just don't do that when you're trying to keep your super-powered family a secret yeah. society. Can I give you another option? Another option for what? For who decides. Oh, sure. Raina. Uh, Here's my theory. Uh, Raina is one of us. Raina knows him better than any other inhuman. Perhaps it's Raina that's going to get to decide. But does he know that Raina is with them? I mean, he discarded Raina and kind of, you know, laughed well, off her. It doesn't matter if he knows. We know. No, it does matter if he knows because he has reacted like he is going to be taken before someone who holds power. Dude, he's clearly – he's been – Swept away to a, a weird land by a teleporter, he's not going to go meet Santa Claus. No, but he, you're you're saying that he's afraid of something that he doesn't even know is there. I think that's a possibility. No, he knows exactly where he's going. He knows exactly who he's going before, and he is terrified because he knows. Now, if it was right. Raina and he doesn't even know that Raina's there, then it's like, oh, I'm terrified because. I think that might be something, you know. Oh, yeah. I mean, he, he clearly knows who he's going to face. And it you is, know what that's the sound of, Ben? What? Challenge completed. Okay. Two empty soldiers. What? Two empty bottles of root beer. Oh. <laughs> okay. It's done. Well, I think that that signals the time then for us to move on to our field report. What do you say? I think it is time because let's be honest, with two bottles of root beer in me, we've now got a clock. Left. Yeah, you're not lasting much longer here. So. <laughs> All right, let's move on then. Shield Field Report. All right, Daniel, we've got a few emails that we need to read, and I've got a few voicemail feedbacks that I need to play if I can All right. get them up here. How about I do this email from Agent Brian first? I would really appreciate it if you did. Dear Agent Ben and Daniel, this is the first time I've emailed you, I think. I said a few things on Twitter. I do not have much to say about the episode. I thought it was good. I'm really interested in what is going on with Bobby and Mac. And again, I may not have said this already. This is from who we really are. 
But as it was just me or the whole time they mentioned Sky not being able to control her powers, did anyone else think if only there was a school that could help those people <laughs> control their powers? Well, that yeah. is an interesting thought now, isn't it? Yes, it is. And uh, by the way, Agent Ben, he wonders, did you write the Lullaby comics? I did. I am the writer of the Lullaby comics, or co-writer, I should say, of, of the Lullaby comics. So, those out of print? Those are, yeah, pretty much out of print. And I don't know this. if they're ever going to come back into print. But, yeah. but um, yeah, if you like those, check out Oz Wonderland Chronicles from. Oh, I love Oz Wonderland Chronicles. com. So, check it out. I know a guy who might be able to get you an autographed copy of Oz Wonderland. I, <laughs> I also know. Benavery.com. This, this guy. So. Uh, let's see. Agent Dare uh, wrote in and said, uh, subject, who you really are. Hello, Agent Ben, Agent Daniel. This is a more detailed report than the audio report because uh, he sent in an audio report and then he, he wrote back and said, I want to use something different. And actually, I should find that audio report and play that. Let's. Yeah, I need to find that. Okay, let's play this audio report while I look for the other audio report. And this is not from Agent Dare. Hey guys, Agent John Wilkerson here calling in about the latest episode of Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. And I was really... This episode disappointed me. I liked the first episode here in the mid-season premiere. I liked it. It was a great episode. I thought it moved the story along nicely. We got caught up with everybody except for Ward. We still don't know what's going on with Deathlock or Gravitron or the Freezer guy. Um, but that's okay. You know, kind of loose end type things. I honestly thought when I, when I saw the opening scene of this episode, I thought coming out of the water it was going to be Ward. I was hoping it was going to be Ward, but it wasn't. It was Sif. Um, I really think that this whole episode, the whole purpose of it was to get Sky to reveal that she has these powers now and to reveal more about the whole thing that's going on with um, Mac and what's her face. I can't even remember her name. I think she dies this season anyway, so so be it. I know Ben, not Ben, Daniel, you're not going to like that, but that's the way it is. She's going to die. Um, and Daniel, want me to pause there? Any kind of reaction before we... Here's my reaction. The back so far, the... I find myself disappointed. <laughs> Go ahead, play it. I can't play both at the same time. So no, I find myself, well, with disappointment with this voicemail. Due to the fact that A, Agent John's not calling from a car. B, he has called out my good friend Bobby in the fact that she's going to uh, not die. This not, It's not going to happen. He has put no. her on a death watch, man. Uh, no death watch for Bobby. It's not allowed. Totally right. not allowed. And he was disappointed with an episode that allowed us to see a good friend. And by the way, the freezer guy, he's frozen. He's dead. Remember? He's dead. 
no loose end. And and Deathlock, what's he doing? He's he's walking from town to town with no social security number, picking up odd jobs here and there, helping people put rights wrong, mm-hmm. wrongs right. And as he walks, he has a nice piano solo da, 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 playing for him. Absolutely, yeah. that's what Deathlock's doing. Yeah. That's not a loose end. I'm just. I'm we're, we're coming back to I'm, it though. We're coming back. I, to I've it. already said this. It's a. I'm a hot mess now. We know Graviton's coming back eventually. Season I don't know. Three. I don't know. After this episode, where they just capture bad guys and <laughs> just yeah. capture them quickly, put them away. One episode and done. I, I yeah. really felt like the use of the Cree and Sif. It was wasted in this episode. You know, they spent. 35 minutes getting to these two little points that I think they should have done at the beginning of the show, right at the beginning, and then worked out of that. But unfortunately, they didn't. Those are just my thoughts. Uh, I know Daredevil is coming up. I'm excited about Daredevil, and I'm excited to see what Marvel is going to do with the property, it is a title that lends itself to being dark and gritty, unlike some of the other titles that they've tried to gritify. But, but at the same time, there is a lot of hope that is in Daredevil. At least that's what I recall from my teenage years when I was reading Daredevil. I haven't read Daredevil in a long time. So I'm hoping that this will be a standout Netflix series. Until next time, gentlemen, I'm Agent John Wilkerson, signing off. All right, Daniel. Uh, Would you like to uh, comment on any of that? I'm sorry. You can talk about Daredevil if you want to. I'm submitting some paperwork so that someone loses a level. (laughs) Because of the Bobby stuff? I'm very sensitive to this issue. Oh, Daniel, Daniel, Daniel. Well, would you read our email we got from uh, Agent Nathan? And I'm going to get this voicemail here. I have issues about this one, too. Agent Nate reporting in. (sighs) Title, Indiana Comic Con Mission Report. I'm writing you after having returned from special assignment in Indianapolis, Indiana. Director Colson received intelligence that Hydra planned a terrorist attack on Indiana Comic-Con, a three-day gathering of superhero aficionados. It was being targeted because Captain America's shield, on loan to the Hall of Heroes Museum why Captain Rogers takes a much-needed vacation, would be on display, and one of the guests was S.H.I.E.L.D. co-founder, Agent Jim Steranko. Knowing that I was stationed relatively close in Indianapolis and that my knowledge of superheroes rivaled his own, Colson sent me to investigate, disguised as a typical fanboy attendee. I went on Saturday because Friday the 13th and the Ides of March were dates deemed too obvious for attacks given their reputations for bad luck. However, attacking on Pi Day, which only comes once a lifetime, would it be a day that would live on in infamy? So did he. Dyer was the threat of this attack. I was shocked to see former director Fury was also investigating a convention. But not only him, though through some bizarre time travel shenanigans, I discovered that the legendary agent Peggy Carter, fresh from foiling Leviathan, was there. 
Only the t- most diabolical, diabolical of schemes could bring these agents to one time and one place. While I encountered many suspicious characters, including what seemed to be many, many clones of a certain merc with a mouth, most turned out to be just your normal, relatively speaking, con-goers. Heck, I think a few of them might have been agents in disguise. I found one agent whose cover was operating a small jewelry company called Geekly Yours. I decided I had upgrade from the standard lanyard and purchased a shield pendant. I'm happy to report that there was no Hydra jewelry being sold for now. You two should stop mocking them for putting their insignia everywhere. They seem to be taking your advice, making it harder to track them. <laughs> Obviously, whatever plans Hydra had fell through, I probably would had fell through, or I probably wouldn't be writing to you. I suspect the presence of so many shields finest was quite a powerful deterrent. My mission ended up feeling more like R&R, which after all the tense moments we've had lately was a relief. I've included a few photographs from the field that you can share with fellow agents on your website and Facebook page. Rest assured, Indiana is hydro-free, except for those pesky radio shacks. (laughs) I'm going to pause here. Radio shacks? We we might be winning the war against Hydra. Radio shacks are, uh, you know, they're drying up. And it's Merc with symptoms the mouth. of winning the battle, not the war, Daniel. Merc with the mouth, thoughts, concerns, Ben. I I don't know what that means. Merc with yeah. a mouth. The only uh, thing it makes me think of is there was a character in a movie who didn't have a mouth. Mm, sewn shut. Yeah, that yeah. was a mistake. Um. But this is not – I mean this is a good, solid field report from an agent living living the life, fighting the battle and the good fight. But then he, he did something. What did he do? He added a PS, which is also confirmed by a picture, uh-huh. which is PS. By the way, I met Carrie Fisher at the convention. Be jealous. <laughs> totally and he did. That. He did meet her. He also uh... – I, I've also seen a picture of him with uh, the actress who plays Clara uh, from from Doctor Doctor Who. But, yeah. Well, yeah. So yeah, that's uh, that's from Agent Nathan. Okay, this is from. Well, I'm just going to play this one here and now. No more humble brags, man. No more humble brags. It wasn't a humble brag. He was just reporting the truth. The whole Princess Leia thing. Come on. Yeah, I think. Agent Ben, Agent Daniel, this is Agent Dare reporting in from the archives. I've been studying some of the things that have been going on and see Agent Hill as possibly the one behind Bobby and Mac making a play for control of S.H.I.E.L.D. But beyond her, I see possibly a new player in the game. With the introduction of our favorite webhead into the Marvel Cinematic Universe, I see Norman Osborn possibly trying to control Agent Hill through bureaucracy and through her, Agent Mac and Agent Bobby. And I see Norman Osborn possibly controlling and building Hammer up. So be careful and continue on your great work reporting. I'll talk to you soon. And then he also sent in a, a text email and said this more detailed report from the audio report. He said, what I'm seeing from this episode and previous episodes is that this will be a fundamental building block episode for the season and possibly seasons to come. 
uh, you're talking about who you really are, uh, all the way into Civil War. Agent Hill, along with Tony Stark, are building security programs, see Ultron Project, to replace S.H.I.E.L.D. in order to protect the public and do what the Avengers cannot do, fight all the small battles. But while Hill is trying to reacquire control of S.H.I.E.L.D. at Coulson's expense, I see Norman Osborn in the background getting ready to build up his idea of a tactically proactive organization to go out and deal with the threats he sees, Hammer, which does come from the the comics, right? That's Norman Osborn's um, version of S.H.I.E.L.D. when he was president. Yeah, and, well, uh, I don't know if he was president. I mean, he was director of Hammer. Lex Luthor was president, yeah. He was director of Hammer. Okay. Uh, And, And actually... To see a hammer at the end of this episode would have been really awesome. That's another one that I was kind of expecting. You know, any of these organizations, I just wasn't expecting it to be, hey, we're also S.H.I.E.L.D., but we're the real S.H.I.E.L.D. I love this idea. I think it's a fantastic idea of two S.H.I.E.L.D.s rising from the ashes of the one. You know, there's a lot of podcasts you can choose from about Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., but we're the real podcast. (laughs) He goes on to say... As we see more influenced by our friendly neighborhood Spider-Man in our corner of the MCU multiverse, I'm hoping we'll see the scene from Ultimate Spider-Man of Coulson on a date or mentioning a date with Aunt May sometime in season four or five. Uh, side note, could Melinda May find love with someone named Ben? <gasps> and could May and Ben have a child or have a, have a nephew named nephew Peter? Anyway, um, that was me, by the way, who said that ridiculously stupid thing and not Agent Dare, who actually has some good thoughts here. So then he goes on to say, and as we go through Daredevil, a.k.a. Jessica Jones, Luke Cage, Iron Fist, and the Defenders, I expect to see a reference to our favorite web hub throughout those series, just in passing and in preparation of Spider-Man coming to the MCU prior to our Civil War. As for our Inhumans, as we look at the scene at the end of Captain America Winter Soldier, Baron Von Strucker must have already had one of the Diviners and the Terrigen Crystals to have created or developed Scarlet Witch and Quicksilver or transform them. There is no rule that says the box of dividers we saw was the only box on Earth. Oh, sorry, box of diviners we saw was the only box on Earth. True. Uh, there could True. be other boxes around the world. I'm looking forward to how they will be incorporated into the Inhuman prehistory. As we move forward, I think we'll see that there are more places that teragenesis can happen around the world uh, in particular we will begin to see to have hints of attilan the city of the inhumans hidden away from the rest of human society's prying eyes along with hints at introductions to black bolt medusa gorgon and the rest of the inhuman royal lockjaw thanks for all the great podcasts look forward to hearing you every week thanks again agent dare and i do have to say that i wonder if that whole idea of um Cal, you know, you don't have to answer to me. You have to go, and, and Cal realizes who he's going to go see. I could see them doing it all off camera, and we just get these little references to having to go before, you know, the king or something like that. And maybe he's an Antlan. Maybe not, but maybe, yes. So, all right. Do we have one more? No, we have one more audio. Uh, so I'm going to bring that up here, and I'm going to play that now. This is from uh, Agent Evan. And here it comes momentarily. Here we go. On the floor, hands behind your head. As long as no one tries anything stupid, this will all be quick and painless. 
Agent Ben, Agent Daniel, this is Agent Evan. If you read, please send backup. This is a hostage situation. I'm, I'm sure the police are on their way, but they're probably still preoccupied with our helicopter crash. A distraction all along? Yeah, maybe. Anyway, I figure now is a good time as any to tell you about this week's episode of S.H.I.E.L.D. Not a big fan of Mac right now. I have no idea what they're up to, I just know I don't like it. I also just want to say I love how fast they're moving the story along. The team already knows that Sky is an inhuman. I'm loving that. I'm also loving how Sky is not going AWOL and just running away. And maybe it's just me, but I was like, Fitz, go after her, man. Go after her. Follow her all the way to her room and just give her another hug. Maybe that's not the best thing. Maybe she needs her space. I would have gone after her, just saying. And finally, on a completely unrelated note, Agent Daniel, you don't like Ratatouille? Two words, Agent Daniel. Brad Bird. Brad Bird. It's okay. You're entitled to your own opinion. I'm just saying. I love Ratatouille. By the way, me, you, Disney Podcast. Give me a call. We'll talk. He's moving back over to the Moonrock display case. Can you reach your icer? I'll try. Well, well, well. What do we have here, hmm? An agent of S.H.I.E.L.D. Ah, and you must be his partner. How quaint. Hello, what's this? A wristwatch communicator. I think I will just take that off your hands. Literally. Well, at least he's taking the watch off your hands and not taking your hand off the watch. Am I right? Or was that just totally stupid? Just totally you. I... You, so I have a few different know reactions. How to take that. I, I've uh, got a few reactions. Yeah. Um, first, I, I'll let me restate again: the rats touch the food, and kind of freaks me out. And you know, I really enjoyed working with you, Ben. It was a good time. It was it was wonderful. But I, I guess it's just time for me to move on. Okay. Wow, you took that remarkably well. Well, you know, oh. it's like Fitz and Simmons, you have to break it up sometime. You have to break it up sometime. There you go. Anyway, uh, yeah, so that's our episode. And thank you for listening. I really appreciate you listening. And also you, sir, and you, ma'am, and you over there with the antenna. Uh, thank you for listening. And, uh, Daniel, you have anything you'd like to share with the group before it's time for us to move on for uh, my first solo episode? Ben, it it seemed at times as if, well, you had concerns about this episode. Mm-hmm. And I just mm-hmm. don't get it because it's, well, it's like a Lifetime movie. Thank you for listening to Welcome to Level 7. We'd love for you to join the conversation. You can leave us a voicemail at one seventy seven fifty five the word level, and then the number 7. That's one seven seven five 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 three eight three five seven. So like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash welcome to level 7. 7 is spelled out. Follow us on Twitter where we are level 7 pod. 7 is spelled out. Or email us directly, feedback at welcome to level 7.com. 
Seven is spelled out. Visit our website, welcomeglobal7.com, for news, reviews, and links to our RSS feeds. Our theme music is The Light Fantastic by J.S. Earls, jsearls.bandcamp.com. And again, thanks for listening. Welcome to Level 7 is a proud member of the Noodle Mix Network. That's at noodle.mx. Find more of our award-winning and award-nominated podcasts to make you think, laugh, and succeed at noodle.mx. And if you go to noodle.mx slash podcast awards, you can help some of our fellow podcasters win some more awards. So it's not just award-winning and award-nominated, but more award-winning. Yeah. Disappoint!